0: Friends, as we prepare our hearts and minds for God's word both read and proclaimed, let us first together turn our hearts to God in prayer. As independent as we think we are, Lord, it is easy for us to forget how much we do need you. And so, having come to this place, we ask, Holy Spirit, be in this place, for if you are not, then nothing else matters, and if you are, then nothing else matters, and let the people of God together say, Amen. In 1984, at the age of 51, he was told he had 18 months to live. It came as a shock, really. After all, it was just a small weakness in his legs. It was probably a pinched nerve, something simple, really. Something chiropractic, right? It wasn't cancer. Not spinal cancer, it couldn't be that. Not a tumor that had been apparently slow growing, likely his whole life, and now wrapped itself around his spinal cord. Thus far, his life had been interrupted, uninterrupted. Disbelief is what he first felt, shock and disbelief and then anger. I mean, by God, he was an overachiever. Give me 18 months to live, he thought, and I'll die in 14. For that very reason, his brother Will did not tell him about a doctor's timeline until years later. But still, why now, he wondered. He still felt so young. At 51, he'd been teaching at his alma mater for 25 years, a place he loved and a place that loved him back. His classes were overfilled and hard to get into, but he relished the insights and discoveries his students would make. Their poring over their work often inspired his own. He had a nice home in the country, forest and fields, even a pond out in Durham County, where there was this stillness he loved among the tobacco barns and hay bales. His life had had the usual ups and downs, but he never could have imagined this. Friends, let us hear a word from the Lord according to the Gospel of Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he approached a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean? but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 10 lepers keeping their distance. Luke places us in this narrative with the words, on his way to Jerusalem. So we know where Jesus is headed as he passes through this nebulous area of on the border. Luke says Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee, but those places touch each other like North Carolina and South Carolina. kind of makes me think about the amusement park, Carowinds. You know what I'm talking about. And they have that line across the border. I remember being nine years old and thinking it was such a novelty to stand in both places at once. You can straddle North and South Carolina. I mean, look at this guy. He is living it, right? (laughs) North Carolina on one side, South Carolina on the other. But when Scripture talks about a place like this, maybe we could call it a liminal space, it's always a place of transition, a place where transformation can happen. And there... In that liminal space, a region that's apparently not Samaria, not Galilee, certainly not Jerusalem. There in that liminal space, we should expect the unexpected. Ten lepers calling out for mercy. Lepers. I mean, just the word nowadays is synonymous, right, with being on the outskirts on the margins, on the outside of whatever lines we have drawn. It isn't surprising to find lepers in that nebulous region. It's surprising to find Jesus there. Jesus master, have mercy on us. And Jesus does. He simply tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And that's what Jewish law would have required. You see, you had to go to a priest and the priest had to declare you clean so that you could then begin a whole process of being welcomed back into the community. And Jesus does a beautiful thing here. He allows these lepers to be agents in their own healing because Luke says, as they went along, they were made clean. In their walking it wasn't that they prayed hard and finally got an answer it wasn't that they were living right I mean that was obvious it wasn't even that they had declared publicly what they believed about Jesus it was that they found themselves in a place they assumed no one else might pass through It was that they noticed that Jesus was there and they took the opportunity to ask for mercy. And it was in their walking that they were made clean. But one of them noticed, and this is what I wonder, where was he walking to? Was this one, was he with the nine others? Because I think we kind of always assumed, yes, don't we? I mean, most paintings depict the one and the nine somewhere in close proximity to each other. But was he really with the nine? Because we find out he's doubly cursed, okay? He's not just a leper. He's also a Samaritan. So he wouldn't be walking with the others toward Jerusalem and the priests. He would have been headed in the other direction. He would have been headed to Samaria. As he's walking by himself in the other direction, He realizes he's been made clean and he turns around again. I think he turns around alone and goes back to fall at the feet of Jesus. Where are the other nine? Jesus wants to know. Well, Jesus, let me tell you, they're probably on their way to Jerusalem. Like you told them to go show themselves to the priest. But this can't be a simple story about turning around and giving thanks. I mean, that's just, it's too simple. It's too tied up. I mean, this is Luke's story after all. Luke's story where a virgin gives birth to a savior, where the powerful are brought up, brought down and the lowly are lifted up. Jesus I mean, Luke's first chapter is a woman singing about the world's upheaval. No, this is not a simple write your thank you notes kind of story. But maybe it's something more about watching, something about awareness, paying attention as you're walking perhaps, paying attention in that region where you aren't here, or there we know that place don't we being aware of who's there with you in that region between borders in the place of transformation and transition because when it's all said and done he only told the one your faith has made you well That statement was only for the one who turned back, for the one who noticed, for the one who roamed in the region of transition and noticed who happened to be there too. Your faith has made you well. That statement was for him alone. Wellness, wholeness, that must be something more. In 1984, at the age of 51, author and Professor Reynolds Price was told he had 18 months to live. After feeling some weakness in his legs, doctors found this slow growing tumor that had wrapped itself around his spinal cord. Because it was so entwined in his spinal column, surgery was deemed to be too dangerous. And doctors used radiation to try and slow the growth of the tumor but months of radiation led to chronic pain and nerve damage price ended up losing the use of his legs one night during his treatments and surgeries battling for his life in the midst of neither here nor there Reynolds Price had a dream and in his dream, he finds himself on the Sea of Galilee. Price had been to Israel before, so he recognized where he was in his dream and he saw in his dream on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, men sleeping along the shoreline. Now, In dreams, there's always something unexpected that assumes the veil of reality. So price knew that those men were the 12 disciples and one of them wakes up, walks down to the water and beckons price to come and follow him. Stopping waist deep, an intimate moment occurs. Jesus begins pouring water over Reynolds Price's head and neck onto the scar where an exploratory surgery had gone bad and the wound needed to heal. And as he pours water over Reynolds price, Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus gets up and he walks back to the shore. But Reynolds Price wanted more, and he calls out, but am I cured? And turning back, Jesus replied, that too. And Price woke up. Reynolds Price never walked again. Somehow, wellness and wholeness is something more. But Reynolds Price lived out his days and adapted his country house to be wheelchair accessible. Reynolds Price lived out his days teaching English at Duke University from his constant seated position. Reynolds Price lived well past his 18 months and died 27 years later in 2011. One leper turns back to find God in that strange land of unexpected. And in doing so, he's not just clean, but he's made well. He's made whole. One man gets cancer and told, he's told he doesn't have long to live, but encounters God in the unexpected world of dreams. His sins are forgiven and he's cured. He's made whole. But there's a juxtaposition here of one leper's walking and wellness and another man's cessation of walking but full of wellness that should tell us the center of the story has never been lepers, no matter how many there are. It's never about professors and cancers, the center of the story has never been about the burdens that we carry or the things that bind us. The center of the story has always been that merciful savior who walks in the regions of not here and not there the merciful savior who walks in the regions of transition and transformation and liminal space. And if we are aware, when we are in that place too, if we are aware and watching who is walking with us, I think we will find ourselves not just cleansed and cured but well and whole, and do you know the word for that? Saved. In the name of the one who wanders with us, amen.